It was the year 1375. And the city square in Siena, Italy was packed, full of onlookers, waiting for the execution to commence. The criminal sentenced to death was a young nobleman. And he approached the block meekly. In addition to the grim executioner, waiting for him at the place of execution was a passionate woman habited in black and white robes. She made the sign of the cross over him. She had visited with this young man, this young nobleman, in prison. She had encouraged him and prayed him. And now she was bringing him bold comfort, talking about Jesus and his blood and telling him, Soon you will be in the life that never ends. And in this young man's last moments, he kept repeating the name Jesus and the name of this woman. The order was given, and yet she held on to him, encouraging him to the very last. And then she received his severed head into her hands. Who was this woman? She was none other than St. Catherine of Siena, who the Episcopal Church celebrates her feast on April 29th. By 1375, St. Catherine had already drawn in a considerable following, an inner circle, which she called her familia. Men and women, lay and ordained, married and single, all who affectionately and spiritually Call this 20-something celibate mom. She had tended to play victims with her own hands as a nurse. She had traveled about with her colorful group of followers, with Catherine preaching about the reform of the clergy and the need for repentance for all of God's people to a total commitment to the love of God. After 1375, St. Catherine wrote hundreds of letters, much in the manner of St. Paul, who was an inspiration to her. She wrote letters to popes, to priests, to peasants, to prostitutes, mercenary captains, and more. Her life and ministry was one of passionate proclamation, advocacy for justice and peace, church unity, and reform. She had served as a diplomat between warring Italian states. And with pizzazz, she had pleaded for the popes in Avignon to return to Rome. She was a missional voice long before seminary conferences with that name. Her life was very much inspiration. Her life was very much a reflection of what we heard from today's passage from Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Her life was an illustration of the portion from today's Psalm 21, 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? If St. Catherine's life inspires you, say Amen. If St. Catherine's life humbles you, say Amen. Pretty good for an Episcopal seminary. If, like St. Catherine, you sense a calling to preach, or to labor for peace, or to advocate for justice, or to tend to the wounded, or to work for church renewal and reform, then say Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Amazing. Good for you. But if you are going to say Amen to Catherine's ministry, I plead with you to say Amen to her passionate love affair with God. The secret to St. Catherine's fiery life of love is her relationship with the triune God. St. Catherine was a Dominican sister. She was a member of the Order of Preachers. And her life dramatically captures the Dominican commitments to both contemplation and proclamation. To secret, whispered prayer and to roaring public activity. To Jesus' mountain time with his father and Jesus' ministry time with his people. What the English mystic Walter Hilton called the mixed life. Sister Suzanne Naki, who is herself a Dominican and one of the world's leading experts on this saint from Siena, tells us this about Catherine. Likewise, the more intense her external ministry, the more deeply she was driven into prayer. I'm glad to see that BTS offers opportunities for contemplative and centering prayer. Take advantage of these, but do not just try out some practices. With the Spirit's help, find a way to abide in God wherever you go. Even as Catherine, as a young girl, learned to take her monastic cell within her, wherever she went. St. Catherine is herself an example of her often quoted words. Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. But, there's often a but, isn't there? And some buts are bigger than others, yes? But, if you become vegetated with vestry meetings, devoured by parish dinners, raptured by rallies, saturated with social justice, and have not love of God, you have become a great facilitator. You have become a great eater. You have become a great activist. But you will not have become a great saint. Catherine was a great facilitator. She was a lousy eater. She fasted too much. And she was a great activist. 
But first and foremost, she was a great saint. The saint is the one who has a strange nearness to God and makes God real and near to other people. The saint is the one who has a strange nearness to God and makes God real and near to other people. So tells us Archbishop Michael Ramsey. It's not enough just to be strange. Not only disappoint some of us, but some of us are more talented than others at being strange. You know who you are. But have you through and passion. So open yourself up to God's grace that you have become or are becoming a person who makes God real and near to other people. Kindle the flame of your soul through passionate prayer and steady prayer. Cultivate these holy habits now. Splash into the ocean of God's divine grace. Don't settle for the shallow end anymore. Now is the time to dive deep. I'm going to let my sister Catherine finish this sermon because it seems that the hers, it's Savior ours, and her words, while well, they first started with her, by grace can apply to you and to me as well. Let the truth be your constant delight. Proclaim the truth. Don't let any sort of fear make you silent about it. Proclaim the truth even if it costs your life. As for me, his poor daughter, may God give me grace to be always a proclaimer of truth. Amen.